airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. There's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, great to be with you. We appreciate you tuning in. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B is over in Studio CC today. We are asking the question um, how can we know when we don't know? Mm. You know, like when you look at what's happening, mm. um, just around us, the things that kind of come up in our news feeds and the headlines and all of these things. And there's so many questions, right? Well, like, I yeah. mean, you know, we're looking around and, and we're sort of like, man, I don't know who to trust. I right, don't know. Right. I don't know what to think about that. And, and you want to avoid the temptation of just believing what you already wish is true. Mm-hmm. Right. That's very tempting. It's very tempting to just say, well, I already I, I kind of want that to be true. It fits my narrative. And so I'm not going to seek the Lord on that. I'm just going to go with it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a very strong temptation in our culture today. But as we do on this program and we will continue to do, we never encourage the body of Christ to go with the flow, whatever that flow is. Amen. All right. Like we are always saying for Christians, we have to be discerning. Yes. And, and I think that that becomes um, that becomes sort of a a a word that Christians hear mm-hmm. and we think we know what that word means, mm. right? It's because it's been used um, a lot, you know, I, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay? And uh, as far as Christian culture is concerned, we have grown up around that word, many mm-hmm. of us, and we hear it and we think it, we think we know what it means, yeah. you know, and. And maybe sometimes we don't. Maybe we don't know what it means. I, you know, I think um, often when people hear the word discernment, mm-hmm. they tend to think um, it's just a strong feeling mm. or a strong sense. But the Bible actually gives us something a little more tangible as it pertains to discernment and the way to sharpen our discernment. It is knowing without knowing. It is actually to distinguish to to divide this from that to yeah. make sense of what something is and what something isn't yeah. and it's not indigestion come on <laughs> it's right. not goosebumps right right it's not oh i felt that <laughs> understand what i'm saying guys we we have to grow up right like yeah. we it's time for us as christians who have walked with the lord for a long time to look like we have walked with him for a long time. Amen. It's time for us to look like we're not still on milk, but that we are on the meat that's of the right. word. And that's ultimately where we want to come to rest. There's, there are so many headlines and I was really, um, I was telling Will the Great earlier, I was kind of wrestling with, there's so many things that I want to fold into this discussion, but some of them can be a little bit cumbersome. Like mm. there's a, there's a lot of information. And so I was asking the Lord to help us be faithful um, you know, help us. What What is the information that we are to discuss today? What I ultimately want these stories, however we get to all of them, um, what I ultimately want these stories to do 
is to come to rest on the clarion call Mm -hmm. for discernment in the body of Christ. And again, it's not it's not a sudden goosebump mm-hmm. that you get when you're talking to someone. Mm-hmm. It is it is not, you know, oh, it just doesn't, you know, I don't feel like something I'm not, you know, it's it's not that. And and that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's mystical. And a lot of people like that. And they're drawn, drawn to that, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and in some, you know, circles that is even celebrated that mm-hmm. you just feel and, and everybody's, you know, and again, <laughs> I could spend all day chasing all the rabbits. That would be a point of contention for the things that I'm saying. I'm going to avoid doing that right now. <laughs> Here's what I will do. We will look at the scriptures, right? And and that is that is where, where we always have to land. Amen. We have to ask ourselves, what does the Bible say about this, right? And then it is our responsibility um, in being faithful to the Lord, being led by his spirit who indwells us, to get as close to that as we possibly can, to get as close to that as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. And there will be people who say, well, you're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be, and, 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 and to those people I say, okay, be that as it may, um, I am, I am going to get as close as I possibly can. And I'm going to ask the Lord to help me to be faithful to the scriptures. Uh, and I hope that that is the desire of every Christian who's listening. So today our topic is really simply asking the question, how can we know when we don't know? Um, The Bible actually tells us how to know. And specifically speaking, I'm talking about discernment. Mm. I'm talking about knowing what is evil and what is right, what is good, what is evil, what is what is right, what is wrong. We can know that. And, And I think that that is very shocking to a lot of Christians because it is easier to just be defeated sometimes to say, well, you know, we just ah, we can't know. Right. (laughs) And and that actually becomes a justification for being unwilling. Listen to me, brothers and sisters, that becomes a justification for being unwilling to put in the work. Mm. Now I'm not talking about the work that the social justice warriors are talking about. You know, they talk about putting in the work and all of this stuff like that's there, but there is a responsibility that Christians have that if we put in this work, we won't even pay attention to their work that Mm. they're asking us to put in. Right. Mm. So in Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter five, verses 11 through 14, I'm going to read this and then I'm going to bring in one story that we discussed last week, um, but we didn't come to rest on this story, just kind of alluded to it. But I think it's very important because, well, okay, here we go. All right. So Hebrews chapter five, uh, verses 11 through 14 in context here, the writer of Hebrews has just laid out this, um, this this grand sort of basis for why the God man is totally sufficient, why Jesus Christ is sufficient as our high priest, right? Mm -hmm. When he died, when he gave his life, he was not dying for his own sin. He was not atoning for his own sin. Okay. Um, He is totally sufficient to be our high priest and to be our sacrifice. Um, He lays out, he is on the order of Melchizedek. um, And it is just, it's, it is something that you could spend a lot of time studying and you should, and you should, But it is something that is obvious to the writer of Hebrews that his audience is going to have a hard time with. And it almost appears that um, the writer of Hebrews is sort of like kind of vexed by the fact Hmm. that there's a particular part of his audience that should understand what he's saying. Hmm. And they don't get it. Right. Like it's it's not that again, because we talk about bearing with people who are weak in the faith and don't understand. Right. 
But it's those that remember we did our show. We said we're marking you. It's those mm-hmm. that we're like you should know. You should know this. In, yeah. And and the fact that you either don't know or mm-hmm. you're just ignoring it, um, we're marking you. Remember that? Yeah. So similar to that, not exactly the same thing, but similar to that, the writer of Hebrews is like, mm, I want to say more to you on this, <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, you just you're not ready yet. You're not ready. You don't understand. <laughs> and what's more. You should understand. Mm. All right. You should understand. And so that's what we pick up in Hebrews chapter five, verses 11 through 14. Um, About this and the about this is what I just set up for you. And that's why I did that, because it's important. You don't just start with a scripture where it says about this and you have no idea what the this is. (laughs) All right. That is unfaithful Bible study. That's why I did a quick little crash. Like, okay, this is what has just happened. All right. Every Christian should be doing that. Guys, let me let me tell you. We don't all have to be theologians, but we should, every one of us, be students of the word of God. Every one of us. And the reason we incorporate this in our discussion of the issues of the day is to show that we can't tackle any of these issues void of the scriptures. We can't. We cannot approach any of these issues where we say, ah, you know, I got this one. I don't need the word. No, (laughs) you need the word. Right. All right. So here we go. (laughs) Hebrews chapter five, um, verses 11 through 14. About this, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. Mm. (laughs) Mm. He's so nice. For (laughs) though by this time you ought to be teachers. See, there's great specificity there. Mm -hmm. This is not for those that's like, okay, we want to bear with you. You know, this is like, nope. Right now, you should know this well enough that you should be teaching it. All right. And you can't understand this. He writes, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. Let me read that again. That's verse 13. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness Since he is a child, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So what are we talking about here? We are talking about the word of God being a sort of training ground for us to have our skills or powers of discernment sharpened. Mm. So when you are reading the word of God, there is not only the possibility, but there is the expectation that when we look at things that are happening around us, we can know things about what's happening around us without knowing those things. Mm. You understand what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? And if there is ever a case to be made for what is happening in our culture right now, that it is really truly Good versus evil. It is. It's this is it. This this is the time. If ever there was a time where we would make that distinction, say, oh, it's it's good versus evil. This is the time because it's clear. It is clear, right, that there are people who have a vested interest in wickedness. There are people who have a vested interest in division. And let me say this. There are people who have a vested interest in and keeping the church, the body of Christ, from gathering. Yeah. (laughs) Now, 
initially when I looked at this article and, and we'll bring it in initially when I looked at this article, I thought, wow, you know, it's amazing that, um, and I referenced it last week, I believe it was that Bible engagement is down, um, Mm -hmm. amid COVID-19. But you remember when we were first kind of getting into this and trying to figure out everything that was going on, prayer was going up, right? Mm -hmm. So now on the surface here, I look at this and I think, wow, you know, I, I have I have my my thoughts about why prayer would increase and Bible reading would decrease. And simply put, I believe it's because when you just pray and don't read the scriptures, you are free to pray to whatever God you design in your head. Right. And I think that is very dangerous. I think that is what we are seeing in the culture at large. People are willing to pray because the God to whom they pray is one they have designed in their head. However, Mm -hmm. the God who has revealed himself, right, makes some claims about himself that we are forced to encounter when we read the scriptures. Mm. And people are not all too inclined to do that. But I want to go a step further today. I think there was something more sinister about what we see associated with a decline in Bible reading and a failure of the church to meet. And I think that when you couple these two things together, we actually see this opportune time. Will, you talk about this all the time, a mm-hmm. more opportune time. We actually see this opportune time in our culture like never before yeah. for the enemy to work his plan. Yeah. Right? Why? Because all of these things are converging. So people are not gathering together. The saints are not meeting. They're not mutually encouraging one another. Mm -hmm. And as this article points out, because they're not getting together, Bible reading is down. (laughs) Now, man, there are so many ways that you can move about the cockpit talking about that. Right. All right. Like that's, I mean, you sad in so many ways. That is sad in so many ways. Oh my goodness. But I will tell you, it is an opportunity for the evil one. And he has seized this opportunity. And I got to tell you, like never before, the convergence of the failure of the church to meet, lack of biblical engagement, Mm -hmm. has led to this ongoing climate that we see in our country. We've had these little bursts before. We've had these things happen. And then they, they, after a while, they die down, Mm -hmm. right? But because people's discernment is down, because they're not actively being trained in the scriptures to know what is good and what is evil, even Christians are adopting things that are antithetical to their faith. Why? Because Bible reading is down. Yeah. Because the gathering of the saints has been nixed. All right, we'll grab this break. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. In my brokenness, you are close to me. In my weakness, in my strength, you are high lifted up. You sit high up on the throne. You are God, you are God, God alone. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. Since he is a child, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. The root of our discernment, where our discernment is 
strengthened, where we are trained to know good from evil is in the study of the word of God. This is how when you don't know something is going on, but you're like, something is going on. Yeah. It's, it's like you, you can know mm-hmm. without knowing all of the information. And if I could just let you behind the scenes here, I hope this doesn't undermine what we're doing here. That's what happens for Will the Great and I a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we rely on discernment to be able to say, oh, you almost got me. You almost got me, right? But the Holy Spirit will not leave us to the devices, to the schemes, to the fiery arrows of the wicked one. Like that's, that is what we are relying on to navigate this culture. It's not some super, you know, Gnosticism. It's, mm-hmm. it's not this, oh, we have this special knowledge, not in the way that they define it, but mm-hmm. we have not been left to ourselves. And that's the promise that's ours Amen. in the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And, I, and I'm Will. And that was Darius James, your God alone. Sherry B is over in Studio CC. We want to continue to remind you to check out the website in his image.movie, in his image.movie for an opportunity to be a part of a free online event that happens this Saturday, August the 1st, free online event that will feature a sneak peek of some of the impactful moments uh, from this film that I cannot say enough about. In fact, I, I was looking back, I was like, whoa, we spent a whole segment. I just couldn't stop going on about it. I mean, I'm just <laughs> so excited about American Family Studios and what they've done um, with this film that was almost two years in the making uh, in his image. And if you want to learn more about it, and I highly recommend that you do, I want to encourage you to check out inhisimage.movie, inhisimage.movie. So again, um, back to the topic before we went to the break. Yes. Um, Americans Bible engagement is dramatically declining amid COVID-19. This mm. is problematic, mm-hmm. um, coupled with everything else that's going on, right? Um, in, in fact, the American Bible Society kind of makes um, a correlation between the reason that the Bible engagement is down is because Christians are not meeting. Mm-hmm. So when Christians Man. don't gather, yeah. they don't read the Bible. Now, Man, that, that has a lot of layers to it. <laughs> you know... It's sad. It is. It's sad. It really Um, is. That, as you were pointing out on Sunday morning, Will, that Mm -hmm. is a discipleship issue. Yeah. That is a discipleship issue. Yeah. Because I will tell you, even the youngest of our kids, if um, let's just say, well, this this illustration may fall short because they're never without like supervision, (laughs) capable supervision. But I just want to say that even the youngest of our kids, if they can't get one of us right, they're going to self feed. Mm-hmm. E- e- even if it's just a little nibble here, like they're not going to deny their bodies. You know right. what I'm saying? Like there's a craving I have to eat. So even if you walk up and you're like, what is that? Yeah. Is, is that, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, what are you eating? They're going to get something. And so it, it like you're saying, it's point, it points to the lack of discipleship that's taking place a lot of times in, in our, in our churches, you know, in the sense of if there's a break in the corporate fellowship, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's a lack of reading the word, you know, and so that's something that that Yikes. is taught. You know, that's something that is, you know, life on life, man. You know how you how you doing? Like, have you what, what are you reading? What's was that's something that's built? You know, what I'm saying within a, a Christian, uh, and I and I feel like that is is one thing that just showing that how important discipleship is, that's but also right. how important gathering with believers. That's right. That's because, right. Because you know you do get encouragement. From each other, you know, build each and, other and up, you get, and you're challenged, and you're challenged. So yes. you know, man, it's that, that's that's a really sad thing, though. 
It really is. Here's the story here, and um, and then we'll kind of move forward as the time allows because I want to bring some other information in here. We talk about having your discernment sharpened. Mm-hmm. We are talking about feasting on the Word of God. We are talking about being a student of the Word of God so that mm-hmm. you can discern good from evil, Amen. so that you can know. This is to separate out, to to be able to call out this from that. It's It is not a luxury. It is a necessity today. A Christian living in 21st century America, discernment is not, oh, for that type of Christian. Right, right. <laughs> okay. It's for all Christians. We it's all need for that. all Christians. You, you, like, man, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a scripture that I, that I love. It's uh, Psalm uh, chapter 119, mm-hmm. verse 130. And uh, this is the King James Version. It says, the entrance, the entrance of thy word give it light. It give mm-hmm. it understanding unto the simple. So if there's not a reading of the word, you can you can't really have discernment. Like that's right because the the word of God it gives light to the simple, that's right. you know. Yep. <laughs> and so, the, man, discernment you have to read the word, you have to study the word in order mm-hmm. to get uh, that discernment that we need to live today. You know. Yep. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. That is exactly right. Which is you know, and I and that's why I often joke about it. But like the reality is, um. It does kind of um, amuse me to to compare the kinds of conversations that Will and I have on this program to some of the other things that come out later from people that we are like, they're smarter than us. <laughs> and we're like, well, we got there first. How did we do that? Well, because discernment and because that category of simpleton, we're in it. And and look, and I'm not, you know, you, you guys understand what I'm saying here. You don't. <laughs> You don't have to have all of this stuff behind your name. And, mm, and we read these people and we appreciate these people. They are using their gifts. They're using their ability. But what I'm saying is that Jesus Christ has set us up to win. Mm. We don't have to keep losing. Amen. We don't. All right. So <laughs> back to this article here. Mm-hmm. Um, the coronavirus pandemic has affected Americans Bible engagement with a number of U.S. adults who read scripture declining drastically amid the outbreak According to a recent study, this study, the state of the Bible 2020 report was released by the Barna Group and the American Bible Society. And it found that U.S. adults who say they read the Bible daily dropped from 14 percent to 9 percent between early 2019 and 2020. Mm. The study looked at uh, 2010 responses from January and 3020 responses from June and found that the proportion of Americans who read the Bible daily also fell to fewer than one in nine, the lowest number on record during the 10 years of the state of the Bible research study. Additionally, those considered quote unquote scripture engaged by the Mm -hmm. American Bible society dropped from 28% to 22.7% between January and June. Now here is something that I I want, I want to kind of drill down on this because one of the things that seems to point to the decrease in Bible engagement is the fact that Christians have not gathered according to this study. Right. And so what they have found, and I'm going to quote here um, a man named John Plake, who is the director at, um, excuse me, the American Bible society. And this is what he said. He said, quote, to increase scripture engagement, we must increase relational connections with one another through the church. The pandemic, and now this survey, he says, has shown that when relational church engagement goes up, 
So does scripture engagement. Mm. But when it goes down, Mm -hmm. scripture engagement drops with it. Now, I'm going to say that because that is evident in this study, it seems to point to people who appear to know how to ride a bike. But when like the training wheels are taken off, (laughs) you know, Mm, they tip over to the side. It's like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And it's the parent's hand on the back seat. You know, you've you've got to be able to I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And and the parent is not holding on. Listen, we've been set up to win. And why am I saying all this? And I'm, I'm hoping that we can pull this all together because this has weakened the church in America. And, and because there is so much responsibility that lies with the Christian church in the United States of America, we see the, f- the effects of it in our country. Mm. This, is, this is why the flames will not go out, why they won't die down, because the church is in a weakened state, because mm. Christians are anemic, because Christians who are supposed to be responding with a type of discernment where we're like, nah, we're not going to chant that. <laughs> no, nah, we're not going to say that. No, we're not going to attend that march because we see the evil behind that. No, we're not going to give our voices to that because that's antithetical to our faith. And you know what's interesting about this? And and, and look, when we, <laughs> we talk about discernment, not everyone's going to see it. Not everyone's going to get it. All right. And, mm-hmm. and this is what the Hebrew writer is pointing out. OK, yes, there are those of you, though, who should be teachers. You should you should know this. All yeah. right. You should be able to spot this and and and. And and this is where I take the greatest issue with people. And I'm not gentle with those people. I know there are people who are like, but you're a woman. Yeah. And you know what? Also, women were torn to pieces by dogs for their profession of faith. That's true. And there are some people who would look at that and say, that's not genteel. That's not ladylike. (laughs) Felicitas, perpetua, you know, (laughs) come on, you you, come on, you ladies. Really? Are you going to, you know, (laughs) like. I'm not gentle with those people. There's no excuse for that. When, when you know what is right or it is when there is the expectation that you know what is right um, and then you don't do it, mm. every Christian should be calling that out. Yeah. Every yeah. Christian should be marking those people. Do you understand that we have Christians right now who will defend to the death? Listen to me very carefully here. There are Christians right now who will defend. Well, let's go a step further. They will not only defend Christians attending Marxist marches, okay, they will defend the fact that these marches are there. They will defend their position that these marches should be taking place, (laughs) right? And that it's okay for Christians to attend, to lend their voices to this. But then they go a step further. And there are Christians who rebuke the church for wanting to gather. Mm, Now, Now think about that. Think about... That Man, those is, are the same people too. They're the <laughs> same people. Man. They're the same. They're people who and, and and you know, you look at these people, okay, and and they will stand up and they will say, um, Christians need to be out here. You need to lend your voice to this cause, which by the way is a Marxist cry, all right? Because you need the strength of numbers. You need everybody to be a part of it. You need everybody on board. So but you've got Christians who are saying things like this. You need to lend your voice to this cause. If you're silent, then you're complicit. And so why? Because then you'll speak out because who wants to be complicit? And let's just say for topic of discussion, racism, as it's commonly called. Hmm. 
Who wants to be complicit in that? So then you start saying things, fumbling all over yourself. I'm looking at you, Mr. Breeze, where you don't know how to recover because they've just accused you of something that you know is not true. But you are so desperate to prove that it isn't true that you'll then lend your voice to that which is antithetical to the faith. How do we do that? That's a lack of discernment. Point blank. Point blank. That is a lack of discernment. And the same Christians that are saying we should be out and we should be attending these marches. We should be lending our voices to the cause. They're saying, how could you put the elderly at risk? Hmm. How, how dare you hold church services? How dare you get involved in political expression? Just preach the gospel via, via Zoom. Just how dare you? But when it's wickedness, Christians are somehow suddenly compelled to be a part of this. What are we mm-hmm. seeing? We are seeing a lack of discernment of epic proportions, epic proportions. And it just seems to like kind of correspond to the fact that the church is not meeting the fact that the body of believers is not gathering now. And this is, this is two pronged because there is a strength in the gathering of the believers. And this is necessary. This is what the Bible tells us to do to not forsake coming together as is the manner of some, but at the same time, this, this information also serves as an indictment on when those people are gathering because obviously there's not enough happening that prepares them mm. for a break in fellowship. Do you understand? And now, yeah. you, do you see that's, yeah. that? Yeah, that, I'm that's not trying to sad. be overly nuanced here, but that's the sad part, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And that, that, that's the thing that, that gets me. It's like when you, when, when you run up against a chaotic time, like now, you know, will we stand? You mm-hmm. know, and it seems like, like you're saying, have been ill prepared for a time like this. You know, maybe we thought it, uh, nothing would happen like this in this country or whatever. You know, I'm, and, I, and I'm meaning as the church, but we're seeing that in this time, it seems like we a lot of times we're not prepared to stand the way that we should stand biblically. You yes. know, in on issues and you know, as far as like even meeting and things like that, it seems like we have fold it mm-hmm. you know and, mm-hmm. and it's sad and and i'm going to tell you again and we have alluded to this before but the reason for that will is because we have come in this country as a christian we have come to expect that largely we would be understood and that we would be liked But we have undergone a shift in our culture where we are not understood and we are greatly disliked. So there are people who are having a hard time adjusting to that. And what we're trying to find for those of us as Christians who have had a hard time adjusting to that. Right. Mm -hmm. What we're trying to find is a type of new common ground where we can both be faithful to Christ and still be liked because that's what we're used to. Can I just tell you lovingly <laughs> and emphatically that gr- that ground does not exist. That's impossible. That that that, that <laughs> ground does not exist. You know, when when we look at um, when we look at the scriptures that teach us that, you know, um, love of the world is is enmity with God. Like you you cannot love the world and mm-hmm. love God, right? Um, the Bible telling us that if any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him, right? That we thought was not something that really we had to focus on because we feel like living our lives like we 
there's there's not a conflict there, mm. right? Because it's not we're not overly pagan. We don't have to make a distinction. Man. Well, now it's glaring. Yeah. Um, you do, you do have to make a distinction. Mm. All right, Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll grab this break and we'll be right back. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in hell, bless obey this gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We sure do appreciate you allowing us to spend this hour with you. We are well aware of the fact that you could listen to whoever else you wanted. Um, you could be doing whatever else you wanted to do, um, but you choose to allow Will and Miki to discuss the issues of the day um, through the lens of Scripture, and we do that unapologetically. So, so we appreciate it. Thank you so much for letting us do that. I'm Miki, and I'm Will, and that's Anthony Evans with uh, In Christ Alone. Um, I wanted to say that I think. Um, what we're experiencing with the church right now and in the closures. And I understand, you know, pastors are in a um, position where, man, you know, it's some tough decisions that have to be made. But I, I think just like the talk has been about businesses that won't come back or won't be fully recovered, I think the mm. church is going to take a huge hit from yes. all this, you know, um, not being able to meet together. I think it's going to be um, detrimental to a, a lot of uh, places and people you know, who now some people are saying, well, you know, more people are watching online and stuff like that. there's just no substitute, mm. you know, for for yes. the fellowship together. And I think I think from this study, we there's going to be more of that, you know, the decline. And from this whole situation, man, I, I just see it really hurting the church. You know, I don't have the article in front of me, um, and I wish I would have pulled it and just kept it up as is commonly the way that I, I do things, kind of go back to it. But I was reading an article a while back that showed um, even the viewing of church, quote unquote, online um, has dropped. Yeah, like I, I it was one of that. those things where, you know, yeah. people were kind of geeked about it and they were they were still tethered to the body. You know what I mean? So they were still like, okay, we've, we need this encouragement. And, and, but as time has gone on, even that has waned yeah. and, and Christians yeah. are not engaged um, online as much as they were in the beginning. So I think you're right about that, but I, I will tell you something else. And man, I, you know, um, I, I believe that this is a part of the great falling away that the mm -hmm. Bible says would happen. And, um, you know, I know that that's difficult because we are all of us to a certain extent, myself included. I am I am asking the Lord for another revival. Amen. You know, I, I am asking Amen. the Lord. I really am. I'm, I'm asking the Lord to do something incredible through the church in the United States of America. I'm I don't think we deserve it, though. I don't I don't think we deserve it because um, we're not good, <laughs> you know. Yeah. We're really not good and we don't deserve um, we don't deserve to ask God for anything, which, you know, even if we thought we were the best, we still wouldn't deserve it. Um, I'm asking the Lord for another revival in the United States of America. I'm asking him to do something through the church, through our fidelity to him, through our faithfulness to the scriptures, which is why we talk about this so much. I, I want it to be 
um, just a natural part of Christian engagement, right? That we are committed to the scriptures and that we're living faithfully. I believe that God installs his believers, right? Mm -hmm. Those who follow him to be a part of the answers to the prayers that they're praying. We, we are to be a part of that. Right. But let me also say this. I am not deluded because I'm reading the scriptures. I know that in the last days, which many of the indicators are that we're here. OK, I know that there's going to be a great falling away. And I think when you look at some of the, the stories, you read some of the news headlines and you filter that through a biblical lens, you say, wow, well, that kind of looks like that is happening. It looks like, you know, what was once this great picture of the success of the church, mm -hmm. meaning mega, we put that in front of it, and we took that to mean like healthy, right? <laughs> but that's not what it meant, just right. meant big numbers, yeah, right? And so right. now as we watch that decline, it can be a little bit jolting, um, but really what we are looking at is we are looking at the church being purified because when the Lord is coming back for a bride without spot or without wrinkle, that means you can't just have these hangers on. You know what I'm saying? You can't yeah. have these. And, and I'm going to tell you something. We started talking about this a few years ago, which by the way, let me open the phone lines. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. You can talk back to us on anything that we've talked about today. Um, Sherry B is over in studio CC. She'll get your calls queued up. Uh, when we started talking about this a, a, a while back, uh, one of the things that I think was probably more jolting to Christians was we expected the great falling away to be sort of a mass exodus from the church, mm -hmm. right? Where there would be this sort of automatic mass evangelistic campaign where we've got to go back out. Like, because that's when, when you have the first and second great awakening in this country, that's what you start to that. Well, when you read what you start to see is churches are empty. Yeah. Okay. And, and so there was a visible indication that men and women have, have fallen away from the faith or that yeah. there is a, there is a grand departure. That's difficult in 21st century America because those who are falling away up until this point had not been going away. Yeah. They were falling away, but staying Still right there, there in church. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it didn't yeah. look like we had those problems because, oh, it's in a church where there's a thousand. There's two thousands, three thousand on any given Sunday. And so it seems like we're doing well. But that's very deceptive because you have people who have fallen away while remaining right there. And it's and it's hard to know who they are <laughs> up until the point you start talking to them mm. and you realize, oh, <laughs> we don't believe the same thing. Yeah. We we are not on the same page, biblically speaking, Amen. biblically speaking. So right. anyway, I know I'm not going to be able to get to this article, especially since we've opened the phone lines up. And I want to honor that. Make sure we get to as many calls as we can today. But I came across one article mm -hmm. that talked about how um, uh, a writer um, was had his had an essay that he wrote pulled from Twitter. Right. Mm. So, of course. When you start to see these massive pulls, that grabs your attention, right? right. You're like, well, what is exactly. it that they don't want you to know? <laughs> exactly. And so anyway, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to hold that article over. I'll just, uh, um, over. I'll just mention it. Uh, but it's Understanding What is Happening in America, a Christian Response, mm. written by Larry Alex Taughton, who is the executive director of Fixed Point, of the Fixed Point Foundation. And uh, this article was pulled from Twitter, or actually not pulled from Twitter, but Twitter refused to promote it, right? Saying that they would not, in other words, not let it pick up any traction. Yeah. 
And um, and we got to talk about why. Hmm. And this, again, falls into the category of discernment. What uh, Larry Taunton lays out is is beautiful. This essay is beautiful and he is spot on mm. what is happening in this country and wow. what the Christian response has to be. So anyway, we'll maybe get to that on Thursday. We'll, we'll just see how everything shakes out. Okay. All right. Will the great, where do we go first? All right, let's go to Jamie in Louisiana. Hi, Jamie. Hey, Will and Mickey, how are y'all? Doing Hello. good. Good. Uh, enjoy your program. I like how you guys break down the word. Uh, I think the last time I was on, we got disconnected, but that's okay. But anyway, I enjoyed what you guys were talking about today. And just real quickly, um, as you were talking about, um, you know, the uh, the effects of the church being hit from the coronavirus, one of the things that God showed me because um, he showed me that it was a, this has been a big test for the church. And one of the things that he showed me, I don't know if you're going to agree with this or not, but, but I know he shared this here with me, was that God is testing the people of God to be able to know how to be the church without going to a church building. And without being able to assemble, this is what pressure God says I have put on the households. When will my houses, the families that I've raised, that when will they be churches inside their home? And mm. because many of them have depended so much on being in a church building, but suppose that we get to the point to where we, can, we cannot go to a church building, what will the households do? What will that father that's not serving God or that mother that's not serving God or those children that do not, that do not know God? We can no longer depend so much fully on the church to raise our families, but we have to get the instructions that we need from the church building and bring it to our church homes that no matter what happens, we are the church no matter where we go. So God mm. was showing me that this has been a major test for households and individuals in order to be the church, no matter what's going on outside of the four walls. Mm, Jamie, thank you so much for that. Thank I don't disagree with you on that. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I do think that there is truth in that because Amen. we, we see this press here, right? We yep. see that the body of Christ actually has to respond as the body of Christ. Will? Amen. Now I would agree. You know, I, I think this has been an opportunity, hopefully, uh, that families have been uh, getting together and being able to study the, the word and, and pray and do those different things. Uh, I think it's also necessary uh, that uh, places of worship, you know, are are frequented as well. You know, I, I don't think that should be shut down as well. I think it's both. I, yes. I, I really do. I think it, I yes. think it's both. And I think, you know, everybody says this, but yes, we we are the church. You know, mm-hmm. we are the people of God. And, you know, the gathering of us, our our families and other families together makes up, you know, that body, but also that's our right. family at home. So yeah. I, I would agree. I would say both. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Where do we go next? Will the Great. Uh, let's go to Jasmine in Alabama. Hi, Jasmine. Hi. How are you guys? Doing Hello. good. Hi. Yes. So um, I just wanted to say thank you so much for everything that you guys do, because it's hard to find other believers who truly, you know, seek out the word of God and aren't afraid during these times to share it. Mm -hmm. And so we really appreciate that. And um, just to pick up off of what the guy from Louisiana said, Mm -hmm. I do believe that this is a test Mm -hmm. in a sense from God, but I think it is almost like in the word, it talks about where the angels marked those who were, um, basically true believers. And I think this is a time, everything that we're going through, it's, it's 
it's showing those people who are really in the word mm. that mm-hmm. we're in the last days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's easy to say that because it's been said many, many times before, mm-hmm. even so early on in the Bible. But mm-hmm. it's truly it, it's showing like with the pandemic, with, you know, everything that's going on with the, the media and how, you know, we're so easily like swayed by Mm. the movement, you know, the Marxism Mm -hmm. movement and Mm. all of that. It's showing believers like, okay, it's almost time for, you know, the next thing that's coming, the mark of the beast. And are you, which side are you going to take? Are you so easily swooned to wear masks? Are you so easily swooned to believe everything that they're saying that's Democratic versus Republican? Or do you see me do you see me behind the screen and see that it's time so it's yeah. time for you to choose a side because when the mark comes we can easily say oh well i have to feed my family or oh well i have to do this i have to do that and i honestly feel like i mean god revealed it to me one night and he said are you you wearing the mask and being so comfortable behind that mask is showing me that when it's time for them too, when it's time to receive the mark and all of that, you will be comfortable all because they say, well, you have to do this in order to come back to work. You have to do this mm, in order for your boys oh. to, you know, eat. Yeah. Jasmine, you, Jasmine, Jasmine, I, I appreciate your, your insight there and mm-hmm. I appreciate your conviction. I, I will say this, though. I think in this country, um, and you look at the, the church, you know, we serve as, as watchmen, right? Um, I think that we have really hit that tipping point where, mm. you know, we've been able to kind of run things back because, you know, we didn't largely in this country tip toward overt rebellion and wickedness against mm-hmm. God. I think we have hit that tipping point yeah. where now the majority in <laughs> this country are living in overt and yeah. open rebellion against God. And so when we talk about this being the last days, I think. Uh, in a way that has never been obvious <laughs> maybe before. I don't right, know. Right. I don't know. Of course, I haven't lived in every age. <laughs> um, but I will say for this one, uh, it definitely seems like we've hit a tipping point. So yeah. I don't I don't think that it's an, an exaggeration to say that we are in the last days. I think this time shows itself to be true. Amen. All right. Well, the great, where do we go next? All right. Let's go to uh, Betty in Arkansas. Hi, Betty. Hi. Good afternoon. I was going to respond on discernment. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit gives us discernment. Amen. And I love First uh, John 4, 6. We are of God. He that knows God hears us. He that is not of God hears us not. Mm. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And that Holy Spirit is so precious to mm. us. And, and another comment I'd like to make is I find it interesting in the in the revelation that the first warning goes out to who? The church. Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. repent and turn. If we don't repent and turn, this is what's going to come. And I'm, I, it just scares me to think that we're responsible for what's coming by mm. not adhering to the full truth of the gospel. Mm. Thank you so much, you, Betty. Betty. I appreciate your comments and, and wow. I appreciate your use of the scriptures there and the, and the points that you made. Um, let's try to squeeze in 30 seconds. Can we do one more call, Will the Great? All right, one more. Let's go to Michael in Arkansas. Hi, Michael. Hey, I know we're limited on time, so I'll make it real fast. Um, one thing people keep ignoring is, you know, it says we're not given a spirit of fear, and that's mm. what's covering America right now. Mm. 
yeah. to the point. I agree. Thank you so much. I agree. And and let me say something, too. Man, I know we're going to run out of time here, but just if I could just tack on, Michael, we actually are normalizing fear among believers. Hmm. We are making fear a virtue. If you walk around afraid and like, we'll do whatever you say, that has become a virtue. And let me just tell you, so even more so now, the Christian has the opportunity to be distinct and to show that there is no fear in the Lord Jesus Christ, because that has become a virtue to be afraid. (laughs) All right, Mm -hmm. we're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.